Hello, and welcome to the UX Hustle Podcast. I'm so excited because today I have with me Kara Schwartz. And this episode's a little different from some of the other interviews and even solo episodes that I've recorded in the past. And the reason for that is because of Kara. Kara is a facilitator, and through this conversation that we recorded and are sharing with you, we talk through what it means to listen to ourselves and others with curiosity, compassion, and kindness. And we have an open conversation about resistance, ways of practicing self-awareness and kindness and gentleness and how it impacts our relationships with others. So you'll notice that Kara brings up questions and practices that she shares and guides me through. And we invite you to get curious with yourself as well when she asks those questions, when she introduces those practices to, you know, try them on for yourself. And I wanted to share a little bit about Kara. So Kara is a queer, self-employed designer, transformative facilitator, and activist of love. Partnering with community projects, small businesses, award-winning agencies, and large brands since 1998, she has lived and worked in the U.S. and internationally as a graphic and UX designer, product artist, print producer, studio director, and certified OOUX, object-oriented UX, strategist. Now based in the magical healing desert of Tucson, Arizona, she volunteers as a community dialogue facilitator, holding trauma-informed space for structured conversations that allow many voices and viewpoints to be heard in a brave and respectful environment. In all of her endeavors, Kara seeks to hear and empower people through compassionate listening, meeting herself and others where they are, and co-creating community care. A recovering work hard, play hard design veteran, she begins most days with a self-care routine of Qigong, meditation, and journaling before inviting the world in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Hello and welcome to the UX Hustle podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Worthington. The goal of UX Hustle is to help UX designers design the career they love, maximizing the benefit of this multifaceted industry and strong community. We talk about what's really going on in UX and what it's like working in it, and interview people that are actively navigating their careers and UX. We don't expect to have all the answers, but we do keep searching, keep listening, and learning. Because at the end of the day, you are the user of your career. All right. Well, welcome to the UX Hustle podcast, Kara. I'm so excited to have you here. Yay. Oh, thank you. I am so grateful and so looking forward to continuing our conversation because we typically have great Yes, we do. We really do. <laughs> and so one of the things that you've taught me is about listening to yourself. And I just want to dive right in because I feel like 
I feel like our conversations are like that, where we just start talking about the stuff. Absolutely. And I want to dive right in. And I am just so curious about what listening to yourself is like for you. Ooh. Would you mind sharing a little bit about that? (sighs) Yes, I can. I love when the tables get turned on me on my own podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, so for me, like listening to myself is about really slowing down and getting rid of a lot of the noise. I kind of picture it. I've been using this visualization recently like the waves on the surface of the water. What a beautiful visual. And that's kind of the typical day-to-day for me of like the waves and the noise and other people's opinions and expectations. (laughs) And in order to listen to myself, I have to sink below the surface all the way down to the ground, the bottom seafloor in order to drown out those other voices in order to be able to hear myself. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. I really like that visual. Thank you. How deep are you going? Uh, I have to go I have to go all the way deep. And I, and it's cuz I think like listening has to do with sometimes the absence of noise for me. And so I have to go deep enough, like noise canceling <laughs> headphone style, <laughs> deep beneath the ocean <laughs> to, to drown that stuff out. Just giving that a minute to be there. We can all be in your deep sea dive for a moment. <laughs> what is it for you? So for me, um, listening to myself means becoming aware of the information that I'm receiving, and I get that in my body, my mind, my emotions. Sometimes I become more aware by how I'm engaging with the world. Um, You know, it can be something simple, simple, like I didn't realize I was feeling a little irritated or something, and then, I don't know, you like drop your coffee and it spills everywhere. Right, And it's like that immediate response of like being upset about that rather than being like, da, 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 it's fine. It's just spilled coffee, you know? So it's like, it's just like all these different senses I'm engaging and a lot of different information coming to me. And, you know, it's like speaking of information, it's like, and to your point as well, it's like drowning everything out. It's like, you know, our world it's just filled with so much information. And so sometimes it's overwhelming the amount of information that we're receiving that's coming to us, that's coming at us. (laughs) Um, And so for me, it's really important that throughout my day, I give myself unscheduled time that if, you know, as I'm working and my hand starts cramping, that I don't just go through that, that I take that as a, oh, my body's trying to tell me that it would like a break right now, you know, and, and ways to self care through that. Cause that could just be some stretches that could be going and taking a break, looking outside, you know? And so, yeah, also within these breaks, 
I really love like having opportunity for movement. I also like to just be quiet. I go out trail running sometimes in the desert. That's super helpful. Yeah, or even just talking with a trusted friend, mm. um, you know, or playing with my flatmate's dog. These are all ways <laughs> that I get to take breaks and to check in with myself. But I think, like, the most important thing for me that I've come to realize is that it starts with a willingness to be present mm. and a curiosity about what's right here right now and when I notice that I'm judging something then you know what that's okay too because that's just more information for me I don't have to judge my judgment you know and so in these times I really try and try being a very key word it's a practice I try to just come back to noticing observing and I also try not to change it. So I don't try to increase or decrease the feelings. I really just try to allow it to be what it is and to be gentle with myself. So this comes back to the not getting caught in the judgment and just holding some space, you know? And, and to that point, it's like we are such dynamic, multitudinal beings. And so I want to honor that, that in myself and also others that we are capable of holding many different things at the same time, even when they appear to be conflicting. There's still that space. Mm. It's so interesting talking about this while recording this podcast episode, because I'm finding myself having those thoughts of like even now like thinking about how we, I was like oh we'll just jump right in and then I, like immediately it was like oh was that the right thing to do because I feel like we did kind of need to settle in and and instead I just totally bypassed that <laughs> and bypassed that feeling of getting <laughs> grounded and getting present mm. and and then as you're talking through this of being present, I was like, wow, I really messed that up. <laughs> <laughs> and so immediately judgment of mm. that feeling of, oh, did I do the wrong thing? Did I say the wrong thing? Did I not leave enough space? How does it feel to just hold those like observe those thoughts. Uncomfortable. Mm. Yeah, I can relate to that feeling. <laughs> it's very uncomfy. <laughs> <laughs> and realizing how much I probably do that throughout the day without realizing it. I love these spaces for inquiry and reflection. I mean, that's what we, that's what the present moment gives us. It is the time that we, our entire being is all in the same space together. 
you know, our mind can go backwards and forwards, but our body is only in the present moment. And when we can be aligned in the present moment and be able to hold space for ourselves and allow the discomfort, allow the, oh, maybe I would have done that differently or, okay, that's how I did it. That's cool. (laughs) It's all good. It's all good. And I love what you said about your body being the only thing that's present. Or like that's in one place, mm-hmm. because I've ne- I've never heard someone say that, and that connects to that need to listen to your body, not just your thoughts, because your thoughts can be anywhere, and sometimes we forget the gut responses, the uh. Like my uncomfy, sweaty, <laughs> like <laughs> body response. <laughs> we forget like to listen to that, even though um, that's the thing that's present. Absolutely, and you know, like the cool thing is, is that it's always here, just waiting for us to come back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And we get to keep choosing to come back. You know, it's a choice. It's a practice. It's nothing to achieve. It's just something to play with. You know, be willing. Be curious. How do you incorporate that mindset throughout your day? Hmm. I think it's having told myself that so many times that I'm starting to believe it. (laughs) Mm. Um, I really, I try to practice gentleness. I try to practice grace. Really, it's like when I'm feeling resistance, which happens so many times to me during the day, you know, whether (laughs) that's, um, am I being resistant to my mood? Am I being resistant to my situation? What if, like, maybe it's my calendar, maybe it's my deadlines. And so that resistance is just a, I guess it's kind of like a flag for me to realize, like, hmm, not really being in alignment right now. Something feels off. And so, like, how do I come back is, like, again, like this Like curiosity and willingness are so connected for me. I often, I keep having this like, you know, debate with myself of like, does willingness come first or curiosity (laughs) or curiosity or willingness? But I really think they just like, they just are so relational. And it's like this willingness to be curious. The curiosity is what allows me to be willing. Mm -hmm. You know, and so um, throughout my day, I just try to find those access points. And typically it is through resistance or it's like um, not feeling great. Because, you know, like when we feel great, you're just like, yeah, I'm in this, like, feels awesome. Everything's in flow. Like, what's to change? Right. You know, and I also don't want to say that we need to change something. I don't believe that. I think, again, like we can hold space Mm -hmm. for all of us. 
and and that includes like the feelings that you know might not feel the best <laughs> or that we don't enjoy feeling or that are uncomfortable for us so you mean resisting resistance isn't <laughs> gonna make it go away <laughs> Yeah, not in my experience so far. I mean, I have tried. I have tried and tried and tried and tried to resist that resistance. But in my experience. (laughs) You know, and maybe like, maybe this is like a nice time to practice uh, exercise for both us and for everyone listening. So um, this is an invitation. So I want to ask... How, like think of a think of something that you've had resistance to today. And how does that resistance feel to you? It's, you know, like where in your body do you feel it? What are the qualities that you notice about this resistance? Do you want me to answer out loud? If you would like to share, I would love it. I feel it in the (laughs) middle of my back. It's like a small ball. And it's Mm. tight. And and I feel uneasy. And like, I want to furrow my brow. And then what is your next inclination? I feel torn. I feel this conflict with it of allowing it to stay or pushing it down. It doesn't feel like casting it out is an option as I'm sitting with it. Mm-hmm. It feels like pushing it down or allowing it, which kind of makes me feel like I want to throw up. It's very vivid. I'm also incredibly visual, so bring them on. I love this. I think it's a really opening way for us to... uh, to have an idea of what's happening with each other. (laughs) (laughs) So in these moments, I hear you about the conflict and about feeling like seems like there's two ways to go with it. Here's where I would offer a third way is to have the willingness to, I mean, it is the acceptance, right? Um, that you're already talking about. I guess the the thing that I would add is to then, like when you fully accept it and allow it to stop fighting, right? Or maybe like, um, is there a way to allow it without it feeling conflictual? And it's okay if there's not. Again, this is information that we're taking in. We're getting to know ourselves better by having these practices. 
there's no end goal to achieve here. Hmm. Not having an end goal feels mm. like a conflict within itself. <laughs> for me. Can you tell me more about that? Well, so like my resistance was around creating a sales page. And I immediately, like when I think of allowing it, I immediately go to my brain and like being like, yes, but this is an amazing program. And like, you need to create the sales page in order to let the people know and all of that. And, and it feels like the pushing down of let me just like push this down so that I can get back to doing and do the thing that I'm supposed to be doing. Sometimes for me, um, when I'm feeling like really major resistance to things or typically a situation, I'll ask myself, why is this the best thing that is happening for me right now? And it's not to me, but it's for me. And you know, the world, emotions, situations are always happening, right? That's life. So how can I not take this personally? How can I allow it to all exist simultaneously? And how can I hold gentle, compassionate, kind space for myself and the world around me? Mm. Thank you for asking those questions because as you ask those questions, I found myself being so not nice to myself. And thinking about or feeling the resistance as being for me. I think I've always extracted that for me to whatever the tangible thing that I'm supposed to be doing that I have resistance doing is of how is that thing for me rather than how is the resistance itself for me. Hmm. I also heard a should in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those shoulds, have to. Shoulds. Oh, shoulda, woulda, coulda. Yep. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. <laughs> and it's so interesting, too, because I think um, depending on how much self-development or personal development that you've done or explored – logically you know these things like you've heard you know don't should on yourself and <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a bumper sticker <laughs> and like that things are happening for me all the time not to me and i think sometimes when we like logically say those things we miss the deeper meaning and the deeper point of 
like not just it's not just about your language because sometimes I fall into that where it's like oh I <laughs> I just <laughs> I just <laughs> got myself saying I shouldn't say should <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I shouldn't say should. <laughs> that I should say something else. <laughs> that that I that I should know better. Oh. But there's so much permission in that. Like the willingness <laughs> to laugh at just how funny that is. and to like to get curious about uh, about the trying and letting go of the achieving of like up to (laughs) literally this moment (laughs) I have been like I had checked those boxes like I'm good (laughs) And you just heard in this last, like, 30 seconds just, like, how much of a practice and how much room there is and opportunity in every moment of learning about yourself and being curious and actually listening. said it. And maybe it's not about drowning out all the noise so much. What's coming to you now? (sighs) Maybe it's about recognizing that resistance and getting curious about those, about those waves instead of retreating and blocking it out and pushing it down and thinking that it just goes away. I know I can relate to that. I think you put really beautiful words to that. Now I have another invitation to you and to everyone that's joining us mm-hmm. and joining with us on this conversation. So now you're feeling more in the state of curiosity. So how does being curious feel to you? Where in your body do you feel curiosity? And so what are some qualities that you notice about being curious? I feel it in my throat chakra of asking, of speaking up, of like my heart raises a little bit. Like there's something exciting about being curious of the not knowing. I'm noticing the difference to uh, worry. So I think about worrying sometimes when I think of the unknown 
And it's just interesting that with curiosity, it has this exciting quality to it rather than this realizing that worrying kind of comes with this sense of achievement of like, what's the goal and how do I, how do I get to do the thing to stop the worry? And with curiosity, it's so, it is more playful. So a few things that I'm hearing about um, the differences of when I asked you about resistance and when I asked you about curiosity is the first big thing I noticed was the direction that it moves in. With resistance, you're going Mm. down, 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 down to that ocean floor (laughs) and burying it some more. (laughs) Yes. And with curiosity, it's already starting even higher up in your body. And it's just going up, 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 up. That's one thing that I just really heard a difference in. Um, Also, I'm not hearing shoulds. I heard playfulness. Mm. I heard okay with the unknown. That feels nice. Yeah, and you know what? We get the choice in each moment to choose again. Hmm. I think these exercises, um, you know, I love them because especially when we get to feel what it feels like in our body, you know, we start connecting those thoughts and emotions and body movements, body stuckness. And these are all tools that will just help us understand what's happening for us earlier. You know, rather than waiting until we're so far down deep and so should have to ourselves, you know, it's like, maybe it's like, Ooh, I'm starting to feel like I want to dive into this water. I'm super curious what's going on for me right now. Mm. And, and, and I also just want to emphasize there is nothing wrong with deep diving. There is nothing wrong with however is coming up for you and what you're feeling in the moment. You know, this is a gift that we get to, like, experience so many things. It's, it's like I just like using them as tools. And again, practices. Practice, practice, practice. <laughs> And I'm also noticing I feel calmer and not as anxious in my thoughts or in my body of I've been reflecting a lot on worry (laughs) recently. Um, (laughs) And it's just interesting how quickly you can choose differently. And that, ooh, and how 
and how counterproductive it can be to like reflect. Ooh, counterproductive. Ooh, we're talking about productivity already. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Of course we are. We live in the United States. We're... (laughs) We're products of our domestication and culture. Kara and I talk so much about the words that we use sometimes. And it's so funny because we can see like the contrast between the words that I tend to gravitate towards. And Kara's like, hmm, interesting. Like, why'd you pick that word? Why'd you pick the most like productive resource robot word? Your words, not mine. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> this is true. She's much, much more gentle. <laughs> she just goes, huh. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I guess also I would just like to say, you know, words are just another tool for us. And, you know, it's like what feels like the right word or the right expression for us in this moment. It, it's like, you know, we're very dynamic. Everything's always changing. You know, like maybe it's it's just for right now. You know, we don't need to hold on to these beliefs and we don't need to label everything and we don't need to, um, yeah, be fixed. That if you say that today, then that's forever, right? it's like you can tell me something completely different in the next minute and you know what awesome because to me that means that you're in your present moment and you're listening to what's real for you in that moment and you're expressing it in the way that feels true for yourself in that moment and it's so interesting because I'm just, I'm going back to that and thinking, of course, I immediately went to like social media. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but Kara, like. <laughs> Great. You also don't have to edit yourself. We can go there. We're on a journey together. <laughs> and it's like, oh, but I can't just delete or change Mm. or and then my very next thought was but I want to be able to at least do that for myself Mm. I want to at least can you say more about yeah I want to at least give myself the permission to change to not edit, to be honest with myself and at least take care of that first sphere of um, of what I have. Like, this is kind of all I have is <laughs> myself and my system and getting to know myself better and if I'm editing myself from the very beginning then I'm bottlenecking anything that can come after that 
Yeah. I had a thought when you uh, were talking about social media and that you can't go back and change that. And it's like, yeah, of course not. We can't change our past. Mm -hmm. The past is finished. It's done. It's the past. So what do we have to come back to right now? We can use our past to inform us and to be in integrity with who we want to be, how we want to show up. And I think we do a really big disservice when we're dragging around our past, and especially when it's in this big old judgment bag. Yeah. <laughs> Because I immediately thought of, like, the ruminating on our past and just judging guilt, shame around, like, that one thing I said that I wish I didn't say that probably no one else noticed. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So true. (laughs) I mean, us as our centers of the universe, of course everybody notices us. (laughs) Yes. Yes. <laughs> this is where it's just like, it's so helpful for me to try to come back to the remembering of it is not personal. We are all having our own experience, right? Like, I believe that we are souls having a human experience. Hmm. And, okay, and how does that relate to how we relate with each other of if it's, if we're not taking it personally, if, if we're all walking around with this, with the resistance, with ruminating on the past things that we've said or done or and not being present or even if we are being present how does that impact our relationships because I don't think that our connection necessarily has to be by, how do I want to say this? Because we're each having our own individual experience, you know, we can be at a concert. Remember when we used to go to those? (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, and there's like 40,000 people there and we're all seeing the same band Mm -hmm. or DJ. But yet we're all having our individual experience. And at the same time, I think that we also are having a shared experience by sometimes maybe being in proximity to somebody. Perhaps it can be a smile, an exchange of some sort. Um, 
I guess like maybe it would be more helpful to go back to like about not taking things personally. Mm -hmm. I guess really my point about that is that is that there's so much happening for each and every one of us. And so it could just be that I was mad that I spilled the coffee, but then you call me at that moment Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I'm already in my own situation. And then I answer the phone and you're like, Hey, Kara, what's going on? And I was, and I'm like, Hey, Amanda. (laughs) Right. And immediately you're like, oof, what did I do? Mm -hmm. Right. And you didn't do anything. You just happened to call me when I was in a moment with myself. Does that or maybe expand a little bit more about the to not take things personally? Yeah, because I think that, ooh, this is in such great contrast to other things that I've heard of, um, I'm trying to think of who says this, but basically the idea of being radically responsible of thinking of everything, you're responsible for everything. And that if you treat everything that way, then you are able to change the things that you have control over. And, well, and I think there's something in there about, um, maybe it is similar, of when we take responsibility for our feelings instead of pushing them on other people. Yeah. Hmm. And I also don't want this to get confused. I'm not advocating that we remain individual Mm -hmm. you know so individualized um i i mean you know we as humans are hardwired for connection we like to be in community we learn about ourselves we learn about the world we learn about others we share experiences we share love we share care we share heartache you know all of these things are within community Um, A lot of the work I do is in community. It's like very important to me. Um, And so this not taking it personally doesn't mean Mm -hmm. that it's a lack of care. Or to your point, if I think if I understood where you were starting to go with the radical responsibility, um, I do think that we have a responsibility to self-care and to and to be in alignment with ourselves and it doesn't mean that we can't show all the sides of ourselves it doesn't mean that there's not spaces for that to to happen and be supported and to be healed you know um i think that we you know i think that self-care and community care um you know, they both come down to care <laughs> and one is with yourself and one is how do you then relay that? How do you connect that? How do you offer that? How do you receive that? 
mm-hmm. some others. And it does go back to that willingness and curiosity in those moments of challenge, of resistance, of of spilled milk, <laughs> of being able to recognize <laughs> and being willing. Gosh, there's something in there about being willing to be wrong, even in the spilled milk, because when I when that happens to me. I I am mad at myself for being wrong, for being clumsy, or mm. for not seeing that sooner, or, you know, whatever. Um, and it's a willingness to just say that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You have to forgive yourself. Even in those small moments. You know, I think it's really about, you know, how we show up for ourselves consistently that will have these bigger Mm -hmm. impacts. You know, so you and I have had this conversation at least (laughs) once, if not many times, about (laughs) about the the end result is only (laughs) the outcome of all the small factors that you're putting in. Right. And so really it's like the focus is on those individual factors. And one of those things is to just be able to show up for yourself and to be able to listen to yourself, to be able to love yourself, to, um, to care, you know, and when we're doing that for ourselves, we're going to have enough and we're going to want to share that with other people and show up that way for other people. And I think that that's, what's so interesting about you is because you do care for yourself and you do take the time to be present and to arrive wherever you are (laughs) that it allows it gives other people the permission to do the same it gives other people the opportunity to kind of regulate themselves to the to the wavelength that you're setting yeah it's sometimes Mm. called mirroring when we can co-regulate with each other. It's a really big part of our development as babies and children and adults. I mean, I, we, you know, it's something that we utilize throughout our entire life and it's a really important part for us and for, yeah, like our connection to ourselves and to other people. Mm. And it's interesting. I don't know if it's just, because I've been on Twitter too much. <laughs> but I like the way <laughs> disclaimer. <laughs> the way I've been thinking of connection a little bit is through social media like that. And there is that co-regulating when people get fired up about something. 
and then everyone gets really fired up about it. And then there's a lot of people getting fired up about a lot of other things. And when you do start mirroring in that way, it impacts you. Because you're, tr- I, I would think you're trying to relate to other people and trying to empathize. But there's this need to be able to self-regulate and tap back into ourselves so that when my fiancé comes home and I've been scrolling on Twitter too much and I'm like, ah! <laughs> like, what do you want? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And then to come back to the present moment of your fiancé being home. You know? Mm-hmm. It's really this fluidity of moving through our day. Giving ourselves grace. Mm. I mean, one thing that I think that... um a few things that I'm really hearing from like the last parts of our conversation is like, you know, uh, going back to the productivity bit and, you know, it's like, this is not a new concept being versus doing. Um, and I think there's, I don't know. I think it's a fun place to, it's like a fun sandbox to play in. So if you're willing, I would just like to share like a few, definitions because to me it was like it really um you know allowed me like another perspective another way of of seeing it because I know what it feels like in my body but I also like to play with things mentally so on this mental plane doing is what you do Mm -hmm. it's the actions you take the decisions you make it's your behavior and all of its visible manifestations Being is who you are. It's what's underneath all of the doing. It's your qualities, your values, your thought patterns, and your conditioning. It's the pattern of beliefs that you hold about yourself and your environment. It is your worldview. Being is very, it it sounds so internal and like soft, like it has, it doesn't have edges, which makes it like uncomfortable for someone who like wants to put edges on things. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh. Like, it sounds, and I'm glad you provided definitions because I would, because being is so um, fluid to me that it's, it's hard for me to define. And maybe that's an excuse a little bit, because if it's hard to define, then it's hard to tap back into. Do you notice when you shift between being and doing? Sometimes. Mm. 
Ooh, I don't know. I don't know if I noticed the shift. I just notice when I'm already there. Hmm. What do you notice about being in either of those states? And by the way, I don't think that they have to be separate. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't want to imply that. I'm just curious about the qualities of each for you. So for me, being is... Being feels like, like in this moment right now, of speaking as it's happening. It feels effortless. Like without friction. Whereas doing, and I'm feeling it now, like in between of... Like, oh man, I'm like short circuiting, <laughs> like trying to go between these two things. <laughs> I mean, I'm really putting you on the spot today, so thank you. Of course, for being these are so always my favorite. And sharing. <laughs> like, live, live, live coaching. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, it feels like very hard to articulate. Because I'm trying to explain doing while feeling, while being in the being. <laughs> it's, like, very foreign. Um, and, like, and so when I think of the doing, it's, like, feels, like, more friction. And I'm pointing at my throat because I feel it most, like, writing or speaking. I can really feel the difference of doing and being more. Um, and I've just noticed it. And I think it's because... I've been in spaces that allow me to be and speak probably probably because of coaching of coaching environments that I've been in where I felt safe to be and safe to respond to questions without judging myself and my answers. Ooh. And just realizing that that comes from my relationship with myself. Because I didn't used to be able to do that. (laughs) In similar coaching environments where I haven't been able to do that because I didn't, I didn't trust myself. And um, to speak up, to answer questions honestly, without editing myself first. Um, or, or immediately going into judgment or, you know, judgment of what other people think of what I have to say of, am I answering this question right? Am I doing it the right way? Um, going into that mode versus now I trust myself a lot more than I used to. Awesome. Can I, uh, offer one reflection that I, I've heard? Yes, please. Is that when you were talking about curiosity and when you were talking about being that they both were in your throat chakra? Mm-hmm. Ooh. 
Okay, y'all. The reason that's interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes, tell us. Ooh, the reason that's interesting is because, um, so your throat chakra is, I associate with speaking and with, you know, using my voice and, ooh, and there's something in there mm, about bottlenecking for me recently. Mm, Also, you've mentioned this before too, Mm -hmm. bottleneck, yeah. And, ooh, and there's something in the, like, self-edit that, like, prevents my words from coming out, from speaking, and from, oh, gosh, posting on the Twitter and on the social media. (laughs) 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 And it's, that's where I feel that, of that resistance and that ease it's very easy for me to feel it there when I'm editing myself or when I'm releasing the floodgates. And I have moments of that, of when I'm doing coaching, when I'm being coached, when I'm speaking about UX career things, I feel like an allowance there, a, a freedom, a um, a like, we're at the top of the roller coaster, put your hands up and let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Hmm. I think for me, I think this is where being and doing can be really connected for me, is that mm-hmm. when I bring myself along, when I bring myself into each moment, and then the doing is happening from my being in that moment, right? Um <sighs> Yeah, this alignment. Yeah. Not abandoning myself or parts of myself. Which I think really leads super well into a topic that you and I haven't had a chance to discuss yet in full. So I'm really like excited to talk more about this, but um, of transitions. Mm-hmm. So, you know, typically we think of transitions as being these big movements, right? Like major life transitions, like moving, changing careers, relationships, beginning and ending, right? And they're just like, ooh, I'm in this transition. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And those are, and that is definitely a transition, right? Not disputing that. But what I want to invite in is, What about the transition of the sun rising? Mm. What about the sun setting? What about the tides coming in and out? What about the transition of our inhale and exhale? I know, a little meta. (laughs) 
But it does have this peaceful, gradual aspect to it where I think when we think of those career transitions, especially, I know I did. It was like, well, I'm ditching that and I'm going over here and I'm in the process of going over there. Yeah. And... And also, oh, and, like, we rush that transition, too, of, like, as soon as I made the decision, it was, like, am I there yet? Hmm. I think um, what all transitions have in common is there's this arriving or, like, the beginning there's the being in the transition. And then there's a leaving or departing or ending, right? I just want to point out that you're framing the transition as such a like bulk of the thing. Like, of not thinking, like, where am I arriving to and leaving from? But it's that process. Ooh. And. So we have had this conversation a little bit before. Of around arriving. Specifically, right. and Kara is amazing in UX portfolio <laughs> power play. <laughs> in our Saturday brunch calls, Kara would come and say, "I am arriving. I have <laughs> arrived," and it allowed and and also the mantra that we had adopted as a group. Of, I'm always right on time. That's right. And that is, that ties into that transition of at whatever phase or piece of that transition, I'm right where I'm supposed to be. I'm right. Absolutely. I'm doing fine. Yep. Oh, how many times I've said this to myself. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, daily, many Mm -hmm. times. Yeah. I use it a lot when I'm feeling anxious and overwhelmed. I take a breath, you know, take a beat, you know. Take a beat just to be in this moment. I'm right on time. And when we talked about this before, you had mentioned that the leaving transition, that you hadn't quite found a word for that part of it. 
And I had mm-hmm. heard someone else say this word that I thought you would appreciate of lingering. Lingering. Please tell me. Mm-hmm. And I've been telling myself that when I feel behind or feel like I'm rushing to the next place mm-hmm. or um, like I'm supposed to be someplace sooner and there's traffic or whatever the situation is or even just walking the dog and I find myself saying well let's just linger in this like practicing actually slowing down just a little bit in those moments instead of the impulse to rush, (laughs) rush into the next thing. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's a strong impulse that's been, uh, that we've repeated so many times and it's an Mm -hmm. expectation in our culture, I feel. Um, We almost get points for being the busiest. Um, for me, how I got introduced to this idea of arrival, um, is when I started somatic experiencing therapy and just a little bit of context for that, um, somatic experiencing therapy, it's sometimes called SE. It's a therapy that was created by Dr. Peter Levine in the 1970s, and it helps people heal from trauma and PTSD by releasing the nervous system responses that become trapped in the body. Um, So, you know, we all have experiences that send us into fight, flight, freeze. And sometimes our nervous system can't complete the full circle of coming back into regulation um, for various reasons. And these experiences and states then get trapped into the body. Um, and I think, you know, for for me, when I'm holding space, um, you know, I've, I've studied a lot about trauma. (laughs) I am in SE therapy, (laughs) trying to release these trap states (laughs) and, and having success with that. And it feels amazing. It's, um, an incredibly powerful, um, therapy for me. Um, so I just kind of wanted to share, um, Gabor Mate, he's a physician and one of the leading, um, voices, not, I don't want to say research, like shared or sorry, experience research, um, in trauma. And so he says, trauma isn't what happens to you but what happens to you inside as a result of what happens to you. Mm -hmm. It's a disconnection from self. Trauma separates the mind from the body and the person from the environment. Mm. I also just want to take that a step further because 
really, it's like, there's so much wisdom in trauma. Um, it is a gift from our physical and mental bodies of protection. It's something that we can't handle in that moment. It's too much. And so these are the responses, these physiological responses, these nervous system responses that actually save us, that allow us to continue breathing sometimes, um, that allow us to continue to live until at some point, if and when that point is available to us, that we come back to it. Mm. Um, and so this is the context for me of arriving, being, and for me, the word that feels right today is parting. And so the practice in SE is coming into your environment. So that could be a Zoom call, that could be a room, that could be an event, you know, it's just, it's like whatever new thing, it could even just be you're walking into your bathroom from your room, you know, but you're still in a new space, right? So it's a way of looking around and noticing what's around you, grounding into like that moment, bringing all of you into that moment um, as a way of being in alignment. Um, I've also found it to be really helpful for me of feeling more safe, especially in online environments. Um, and, uh, and it's also really interesting because, you know, we're so used to like jumping in and out of calls or, um, you know, into life. We just like, we're, you know, on the go, we're crossing off our to-dos or whatever. And you know, it's okay. Like that's, life is busy. It's like, like, okay. And like, can we give ourselves and others some moments to arrive into this moment? Can we give ourselves time to arrive into our day? Um, and once we've arrived and we're like, hmm, okay, this is a safe container for me. I feel good. I'm like, all of me is here. I brought all of me with me. Here I am. And so you're in your being. And, and then at some point, you know, that call ends or you, you know, leave dinner with friends or whatever it is. And then it's like, okay, there's also the transition of parting. You know, we've shared this time and space together. Um, and even to do it with yourself, you know, it doesn't have to involve other people. I just notice that it's even more impactful. Or I, may, I guess I maybe notice it more come up for me when I'm around other people. And so for me, my timing is a lot... It, well, it's just... It's my timing. I don't want to judge it. I also notice that it tends to be slower than most other people operate at. Um, and I also want to say that we all have our own natural rhythms and timings. 
and that is okay. You know, there's not one place to be. There's no, um, like, it's going to take you one minute to do this. Like, there's no universal time set on, like, how this happens for you, you know? Or if you like things being quick, or if you like things being more slow. Um, it's like, I was playing so much with this arriving and being, and I started realizing, especially on, like, client calls, where it's time's up and people are just jumping off the call and I'm like one of the last ones on the call or trying to find the leave meeting button <laughs> or, you know, where I'm like facilitating something and we're like nearing the time for the end of our circle and I need to close. And um, I started noticing that I would just start saying random things. <laughs> I mean, like, for example, like, you know, these are people that I facilitated a circle with, like, yes, was it a very sacred space? Absolutely. And I would just notice I started blurting out like, oh, I hope we see each other again. And da, da, da. And then I, you know, I had to ask myself, like, wow, where is this coming from? You know, like, what is this need? Like, what's going on for me? Because it's some subconscious thing. And so mm -hmm. I actually like explored this in my therapy session last time. And was like, I just like want to like feel this in my body, understand a bit and also like um, create like resources for myself of like how that parting transition feels good for me. And so, so I mean, you know, practices, these are all practices and it's like just having this mindfulness practice of how I'm approaching you know, tran transitioning into the, all the different parts of my day and with people, without people. Um, yeah, that's like where I am today with my understanding hmm. of what that looks like for me. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I, I just feel like it's so interesting in like in-person group settings, I can more clearly imagine the arriving and the parting yeah. as a process mm -hmm. of a gradual thing. Mm -hmm. And in the online space, it's just, it's so much quicker. It's more binary, like on or off. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and I think this is really why that started coming up for me so much in the last years is because of so much online space, you know? Um, yeah, because you're right. It's like when we're going to an event or something, you know, it's like the act of getting there, the act of finding the building or the room or wherever you're going, you know, entering in. Like, I think we give ourselves a lot more time to take that in. Um, and the same with like after it's finished and it's like, you know, you feel that collective energy of having spent this time together and like I'm now <laughs> creating, like, you know, after I go to like trainings or events or facilitate and I just have so much energy and I'm like, God, this is so amazing. And then you're like, leave meeting. 
you know? (laughs) And it's like, oh, okay, like, but I'm still like feeling all these things and I want to honor that and I'm not ready to uh, move into another call or or something like this. So like, how do I honor myself in this space and like give myself time to feel what I'm feeling to, um, to, yeah, just be, Mm. you know, or naturally come down to regulate or, you know, whatever that looks like for you. Um, yeah. So these are things that I've really been thinking about a lot and, and practicing and experimenting with, I mean, because how do you, what are some ways that you practice that? So what I, what I tried to, I just did a really amazing creative empowerment facilitation training the last two weekends. (laughs) It was amazing. Like, I mean, so much energy and you just feel awesome after. And so I think the first day I just kind of like left the meeting, closed my computer, I had a friend coming to visit. So I was like, okay, got to like get on my thing, pack, we're going like away for a few days, like this type of stuff. And I realized that like, I didn't give my chance, myself a chance to like reflect or to like be in that moment at all. And so I was just like, hmm, that didn't feel so great. So then the next time that I had this experience, I very mindfully was like, I closed my computer, but like I stayed in my room because I wanted to still just be with me. You know, I wasn't ready to like invite the rest of the world into that experience because that experience had been with people from all over the world, but none of them were next to me. (laughs) Yes. You know, and, um, (laughs) and so I... I just like allowed myself like until I felt like complete with my experience, you know, like I'm not talking hours and that's fine, but you know, just like taking those few minutes of being grateful, feeling like so inspired and empowered and um, happy and joyful, you know, maybe a little tired from being on a, a long call Um, and I just allowed myself to like come to a place where I felt I'd like, yeah, regulated again. And when I felt good with that space, then I opened my door and I'm sure I probably like grabbed a water or tea and like went outside and sat like in our beautiful backyard and, you know, if my flatmate was there, probably chatted with her or, you know, whatever. It's like, but that's the next moment that I'm arriving into. But it just, it was such a different experience for me of not allowing myself that time. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so interesting because as you're talking about this, I'm remembering like when I would go to events, um, and conferences, people would talk about that a lot of conference fatigue or or like a conference hangover of like you got like the sudden burst of inspiration, motivation, things to do. And you were in like this novel experience someplace else. Typically you travel for it. You're like staying with a whole bunch of people that, you know, are on the same wavelength and doing, you know, 
talking about in this bigger, more motivated, inspired way. And then you get back to, you know, your regular world, <laughs> your, <laughs> your home, and you're kind of like, oh, now I'm just, I just like plop back. <laughs> and, and like people would experience that even with the transitions of the plane rides and the drive home. And it's even, there's something about like even that physical transition still wasn't the mental, emotional, physical transition that you're expressing. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great delineation, actually. Yeah, it's like really just bringing your whole self around, you know? It's like, if I'm going to step, then I'm stepping with all of me, right? (laughs) Again, practicing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know? Yeah. And as a facilitator... Do you consider that arriving and parting? And do you do you bake in? <laughs> that sounds terrible. Do you bake in yeah. um, transitions in your in your plans? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It is a big part, actually, of um, holding space. And facilitation, you know, it's like you, you are the process keeper, the timekeeper. Um, and so you want to give people information about what's coming next so that it's not just like these surprises coming out, right? Like um, with the community dialogue facilitation that I do, um, this is within dialogue circles. And so this is a structured conversation and um and the two so i volunteer for the center for community dialogue and training here in tucson um and as a volunteer i get to show up and co-facilitate these circles with some prep meetings before um but the amount of work and love and intentionality that goes into creating um the questions for the circle um, how many rounds we'll have, what it needs to consist of based on the community or the organization that we're working with. Um, that's all like, I mean, Chris and Marley, you know, shout out. <laughs> <laughs> they are so amazing and I'm constantly in awe because I see the results. I see um, how people feel in the circle and they feel seen and heard and um, they feel cared for you know and and also the thing that I really love about the circles because I also really love ritual and ceremony is that there is like we will say like the circle is now open you know and we like before that we are giving information we are um, setting like ground rules and agreements Right. And like asking people if they're committed to those and, you know, and like um, within this, because it's a bit more structured, they don't necessarily get um, co-created at the beginning of like some facilitations are. 
Um, but I just, there's just so much power in that opening. And then, you know, it's like we have however it's structured to be and all the magic that happens with that. And then at the end, it's, um, we always, I don't say always, um, most often than not, it's in the agenda. Sometimes time runs tight. Um, I really love having this closing round where each person in the circle gets to say a word, a phrase, something that they like either like are taking away from today or, you know, something that was impactful for them. Um, and then we close the circle. And I've noticed that when that's really rushed at the end or, you know, like maybe I'm co-facilitating with someone and they don't actually say the word, the circle is now closed. <laughs> How different that feels for me. <laughs> and so mm -hmm. as a facilitator, it's like I'm very mindful of opening that space and also wanting to close it. And I didn't, ooh, thank you for explaining that because hearing you say that, I can see it now, how that could be applied on even a Zoom call. Yeah. Of, because it's kind of, I'm going to use strong words because that's how I feel right now. Um, <laughs> no editing. No editing. <laughs> no editing. Just be kind. <laughs> Sorry. Of like you're taking your power back from the end call button. Of that that's not the parting mm -hmm. of we're deciding together that this is over now. Yeah. And I would and go then, Oh sorry, go ahead, please. Oh and, and then we can dive into the actual parting of like, oh, cool. So what are you doing this weekend? And that's great. Awesome. Well, this was a great conversation. And like it, you can kind of come down from that <laughs> and then say goodbye and then exit the door. Absolutely. And the one thing that I want to add to that is that um, is that each person gets an opportunity to be heard. Mm -hmm. That is like so important to us <laughs> as beings to be seen and heard and to have space created for us to do that. And to have opportunities that are that's the intention behind them. Yeah. And I think that's something that's actually interesting about podcasting mm -hmm. to get real meta. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, when you're recording an episode, there is like, even though it didn't sound like it, cause I dove the heck in, and <laughs> but, but we did have, you know, we had conversation before this. Right. We we were talking. We were arriving, and then saying, "Okay, I'm recording now." Mm -hmm. The circle's open. Yep. 
You got it. And we'll have we'll have that moment of saying, I'm turning off the recording now. Mm-hmm. And then you get that little parting. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't really thought of it that way, mm-hmm. of how the podcast meetings on my calendar <laughs> are so differently structured just naturally by what they are than other meetings. Kara, I wanted to keep talking. I know. Where do we go from here? Because we might just have to have a part two. That's so funny. Um, well, I do want, cause I do want to talk about conflict. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, there's so much, goodness in that (laughs) there's just so much there that to dive into that I would love to um to just make space for that in another time oh okay y'all take notes (laughs) Kara checked in with herself immediately and was nope we need more space for that And that is so powerful of just acknowledging what you need and saying it, (laughs) pointing at my throat chakra again, (laughs) so that other people can listen. And that's perfect. You know, it's funny. (laughs) (laughs) Is that I always ask a final question (laughs) for the podcast. And I can't tell if I should ask it yet. (laughs) (laughs) And also, I'm suddenly like... This question is so silly <laughs> in the context of all of this. But that's what it's going to be. <laughs> Can I offer a quote about listening? Since that's what we've talked about for most of this um, conversation. Yes. And I also want to leave everybody with this resource because since I found him online, like I'm just learning so much. So his name is... Oscar Tremboli, and he is a deep listening coach. He has a website. You can go to this website. He has a listening quiz. This is a free quiz. You fill out your responses. You get to know what your top listening villains are and information about how you're perceiving what your listening skill is and how others might perceive you and ways of, you know, just being aware and mindful of maybe changing some of these patterns. Um, And then for 12 weeks, he sends you a weekly email just with more listening skills. Absolutely amazing. Love that. He's great. He's my mentor without knowing it. He also has a podcast. When I was listening to a podcast episode recently, this is the quote that he said, and it blew my mind. And I think it's just like great to leave out there as a reflection. 
He says, listening is the openness to having your mind changed. Hmm. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. One other little nugget. Oh, no, please tell me. Because I just want to reflect back that that was the exchange Mm -hmm. that we had over. No, we need more space to talk about conflict. No, like now isn't the right time. And being able to listen to that. And to change directions. And even now of, and I, this is so great. This like externally processing. (laughs) (laughs) Of just like, oh, like, oh, I always ask the same question at the end of a podcast. And that feels not right. And it's listening to that and saying, oh, I don't have to do that then. We can let this be what it is. And how it is. I love that. <sighs> Thank you. Thank you for Thank you. Inviting me onto your podcast. Thank you for your support in getting me here. We can also talk about imposter syndrome perhaps at a later date. (laughs) Mm. Yes. Um, And also thank you for the gift of um, your UX PPP program. So those that you don't know, UX Power Portfolio Play. It was really through um, these Saturday brunch calls, as Amanda was referencing earlier, that I listened to myself and I realized that I want to be facilitating and coaching and holding community space and care. And so I'm moving away from client work. And so I just, you've made such a big impact in my life and I'm very grateful for you. And thank you for holding that space for me and for others. Thank you for reflecting that back and for sharing that with me. The listeners. Yeah. Also. Hi, listeners. Hi. Hi. Very present right now. Um, and it's because I think it's, I mean, you, you being in that program and being on those calls made all the difference to me, to the other people in the program to the energy of the co- the conversations that we had every week, the openness that it allowed for other people to be vulnerable and share. And 
and the willingness to look at things differently and that you always show up just the way you are. <laughs> and that is so powerful. It gives other people permission to do the same. It gives me permission to do the same. Oh, and knowing that my timing is different, but that I can still appreciate yours. And ooh, and that the space that you create and take up is so big, is so big. And so thank you for coming on the podcast, for sharing your bigness with everyone, with the space that you create, with the conversations that you facilitate with asking me questions, which having these conversations with me and allowing me to share that with other people. So much yes. <laughs> so much yes. <laughs> Thank you so much, Amanda. Thank you for everyone that's joined us on this conversation. And you know what? You're right on time. And one final thing before we sign off. Uh, Kara and I were so present in our interview that we forgot to share with you how you can connect with her and where you can find her. So if you'd like to connect and collaborate with Kara, you can find her on LinkedIn. And if you choose to connect with her, make sure you put a short note in that message, just letting her know that you found her through the podcast and what you learned, what you found through, through this episode. So until next time, keep UX hustling. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the UX Hustle podcast. To continue these conversations, you can follow us on Instagram at the UX Hustle or join our Slack community through the link in our show notes. If you love this episode, please write a review and subscribe. <laughs>